0: Welcome to the Comic Picks by the Glick.
1: Yeah, I'm your host, Jason Glick.
0: Hey, Jason. What's on tap
1: today? Well, it's like it took a little bit longer than I was expecting it to, but hey, here we are finally with the best of 2023 podcast. Awesome.
0: Top- <laughs> yeah.
1: It's like, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's like a whole year passed by. It's like, and even though I know we're in February right now, it's like, you know, I, there was still some stuff I was hoping to read that was like, I was, You know, I wanted to see if I, would it um, make my list? Would it, like, get me to reconsider what was the best of last year? And the answer was no. No, it did not. It's like, I mean, I enjoyed it to various extents, but, you know, like, I guess all that last minute stuff didn't quite tip the scales in any way, because this is, like, kind of a weird year. In the sense that, you know, while it's not like I didn't read a lot of good or even great comics, there wasn't a lot of, like, you know, stuff that made me go, like, oh my god, this is, like, like, the best thing I read read this year full stop. So that was on well that was disappointing, but then, you know, like looking back on um everything that I wrote and um talked about on the blog and the podcast, you know, there was still you know like lots of lots of good quality stuff here. Stuff enough stuff to just you know make a proper top ten list and also to make like honorable mentions and also at least like some dis- thoroughly disappointing stuff as well. So with that in mind Let's get with the honorable mentions—the stuff that was like, you know, good but maybe not quite as good as I was hoping to, in order to make a proper top ten list. So we've got like the um, stuff we talked about on the last podcast: the Ancient Magus's Bride, the College Arc, which you know, well, very entertaining, was maybe like you know, a little bit too too messy. It's like and not quite as well thought out as it should should have been in order to like you know, top its like original. It's like I'm not like I'm not nine volume storyline. Yeah, I enjoyed it, but you know, it's like. Maybe it didn't quite hit hit as hard as I it's like as I wanted to. Then there's um dead dead demons dida destruction, which you know took a big swing for its final arc. That kind of like you know put a lot of the stuff that it was doing um previously to the side, and still delivered a solid solid finale. But didn't quite you know have the uh like like the twists or like the uh, the surprise make me go oh wow it's like you know when I finally realized this is like a uh, Story about life during wartime, or just like you know about the uh travails like you know having having to survive depression, and like the lengths you'll go how you' how some people would will be willing to kill an entire universe in order to avoid that there you go um also there's um once in the future by Kieran gillen and um and Dan Mora, which was a good which was uh, delivered a good wrap up to its uh to its storyline of of uh, yeah, of a, a mother, like mother and son, just like you know, going on like like I'm try like mother trying to impart her uh, like like her uh, values of like adventuring onto her son, and maybe not quite succeeding, but also just you know like England dealing with its own like uh, magical bullshit as well, like entertaining but entertaining like worth reading, but you know maybe not just like you know thoroughly surprising or transcendent as I was hoping in it in its end. Also, there's um Star Wars, Darth Vader. By um, Greg Pak, Raphael Yenko, and you no, know, whoever else was not busy at Marvel at the time, illustrated. Um, well, well, Greg Pak's um, Darth Vader run has been very uneven, like over the course of his his run. Um, these, like the most recent volumes, have actually been really, really entertaining. Basically, in the sense that they, you know, they not only do they get me to reconsider, you know, what this. Um, um, story was about but also just delivering some purely entertaining um like it's, like issues as well and leaving the series in a good spot to it's like um crossover dark droids tie-in as well um it's not on the didn't make the top 10 list because as i said the series has been very um uneven so there's always a chance that you know like the dark droids tie-in and subsequent volumes could just fall flat on their face but um overall it's like you know there's no denying that, you know, hey, you know, like, this, this series may wind up being this run, maybe want up being like, you know, much better than I thought it was going to be, like, like o- overall. And also, going back to Cure um, on Gylan again, we've got um, Eternals, A History Written in Blood, which was a collection of the um, one-shots that he did in order to tie in to, um, like, to his Eternals run, which, on one hand, uh, was quite good, but also, you know, clearly didn't sell enough sell well enough to like give him like you know the, like the leeway to just you know like tell everything he wanted to because and if you say that you know oh well this is a guy who got like you know 12 issues of a series and even an event series to tell his storyline well yeah so like basically when you put it down like that he got like 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 16 issues of a of a comic book to tell the story and change and so that does not equate to me as being a uh as a successful run on on any title. I appreciate the fact that he was given, like, the leeway to, like, end his run, like, on his own terms. But, um, there you go. But, um, History Written in Blood was both good because the, uh, individual, like, one-shots, um, Thanos Rising, Celeste, Celestia, and the, uh, like, it's, it's, like, in the un- Unforgotten? Forbidden? Ah, oh, God, yeah, I can't remember. Like, it's terrible. But, um, basically, like, all these, these three, um, like, issues were all entertaining stories in and of themselves that did... that did add to, like, the, uh... like, the depth of his run. And also, um... but more importantly, it's, like, the, uh... like, like, the, the, uh... ancillary material, like, the, uh... previous, um... like, storylines from, like, digital story, like, stories from other... other creators that he, like, Gillen, um, touched upon, included here, also did a good job of, like, you know, like, the like key... Like it showed you, like, you know, how, um, like, how Gillen was, um, like, adapting them into his run, and how, like, they, they, you know, they were still relevant, even if they were, like, you know, more, like, you know, came off as more, like, propaganda than anything else. It's really, it, it was really quite good. It's, like, and, it's, like, and, you know, it's, like, I, and, you know, it's, like, but not, maybe not quite as, like, you know, transcendent to, like, you know, get, get to the, uh, top ten. So, what did get to the top ten? Well bettering my expectations that's for one which is how we get to number 10 um night fever by um ed Baker and sean phillips i mean these guys are like a fantastic team and i've loved um everything they've done it's like going all the way back to uh like on sleep to sleeper at least night fever was like the uh like was the one thing that they were like set to do that i was kind of worried about because basically it was all about a, like a middle-aged guy going to europe like on a as part of like a um book book sales thing, because he's like a pu- member of the pu- of of, pu- of a publisher, and he and him just like you know getting involved in like some dark um like skeevy like um European like sex sex and drug stuff like the dark underbelly of like of mankind like and all, and yeah, we've seen that kind of stuff before and kind of knew how it'd end, but they did a good job of like you know getting into this guy's head getting. Trying to think about showing us, you know, why he would do the things he would do, and just you know, like how how he gets swept up in all this, like this dark underbelly of man, and type stuff. It was it was a lot better than I was expecting, honestly, and also it was a lot better than um the uh, book um from Brubaker and Phillips that they did later that year that I was expecting to be great, and that was where the body was. Well, it's not not a bad um story, it. Like it, it, I I wasn't I guess quite enamored with with it as I was expecting it to be. I'll have a full review of it um on the blog eventually, if not you know before you read this. But there you go. But yeah, Night Fever, maybe not great. Brubaker and Phillips still really quite good, and hey you know show that they can still surprise me. And like you know, and like you know, invest like a, a familiar storyline with um like with um with enough depth and detail that can make make, make me interested in it. So there you go. Hmm. Now, I've already talked about one Star Wars series, and that's Greg Puck's Darth Vader run, but for my money, the better um, Star Wars series, and you know, no disrespect uh, to what Charles Soule's been doing, and if you're wondering, like, well, why isn't, why aren't you talking about like Ethan Sachs and his Bounty Hunters run? So let me say about, um, about Alyssa, Alyssa Wong and her, um, her run on Dr. Aphra, which you know didn't start out you know on the best terms but you know got better as it went along and to the point where well when you you're doing like a 15 a 16 issue three volume storyline you're kind of i'm kind of thinking in this day and age for like a marvel comic oh man this is gonna be like got to be really good and it may not have started out to that level but it got better it got it got really good i mean the like, second volume was like wow was like i'm Kind of surprised what's going on here. And like, oh, volume, volume three, where it gets everything, everything wraps up. Wow, it's like that, like that. Um, that did it. You know, basically, you can call this um the Ascendant Saga, but um these three volumes that um they did basically did a great job of um getting into, like, in, like in am um, setting up a a, a a like a galactic level threat threat for a for the face. And also getting into, getting into her head about just, you know, why she does the things she does. Why she's so selfish and just, you know, like, wants to do like everything, everything for herself. And just, don't you know, can't just, you know, commit to, like, you know, like, like, letting the uh, people, people she loves, like, have any agency in her life. It's, like, it, it's good stuff. And maybe it relies a bit too heavily on um, what Charles Soule was doing in, uh, like, in his, like, in his Hidden Empire or, his, like, his Crimson Empire stuff. It's like, because, like, yeah, you're probably going to want to read that as well in order to get, like, the, the full um, range of what was going on in the final volume. But overall, it's like, it was really good. It's like, and, like, and yeah, again, it was better than I expected it to be. So there you go. So that that was number nine. Number eight is a creator basically taking, like, t- doing, doing the creator-owned route to tell stories about a character that you know he wanted to that he wanted to tell but wasn't able to at the time i'm talking about um simon spurrier doing his um version of hellblazer with um damn them all and alongside um like char- artist charlie adlard doing his giving us his first um interior work since the uh since since he um stopped doing um the, Walk, the walking dead yeah the art's great because you know adlard is a fantastic artist where he's drawing like you know like like human like realistic humans and zombies and also just doing like you know fantastic de- like demon- demonological stuff here, as well. But Dan the All basically did um, Hellblazer better than um, Spurrier was doing Hellblazer, because well, you know, because while I I I I did generally enjoy like um, Spurrier's Hellblazer run, his second the second volume of it and th- the end of it. Basically, is an example of like you know how how dark. Does a Hellblazer story have to go in order before it goes off the rails? But that's contingent upon, like you know, like me having like a lot of history with John Constantine and thinking about, you know, hey, I know what I want to see in a John Constantine story. And um, Dan the Mall basically introduces us to like a new Hell um, Hellblazer. Um, it's like um, Ellie, um, Bloody L Hawthorne. It's like, and um, it's like in her and this This lady who has deep knowledge of the uh like of the supernatural imparted to her it's like by by her dad um alfie or A- it's like and basically it's kind of like it's hellblazer with the serial orders filed off and all all the better for it it's like it's got like the kind of like demonic like like all the demonic um business that you that you'd expect from like from the tellblazer but also like the creativity you get in order to like along with like the issue like how like she knows how to deal with all this stuff as well. I mean, I was even though like I'm kind of expecting this to be like a 12 issue series. This first volume did a good job of like you know giving us a solid four issue four issue introductory arc and a two issue, um, follow up. That basically like you know did a great job of like you know establishing Ellie, um, like Ellie's character and um her like uh, and her uncle like um not John Constantine as like as well. It was great great fun and I'm looking f- very much looking forward to seeing how how like how it wraps up and it's also worth noting this is like the first um spurrier um written um creator and title in a long while to actually like go more than just you know one six issue arc so that's so good on him right there good on Adlard because like they uh they deserve the, that kind of success and i kind of hope that they do more even though i know we've got you know john constantine hellblazer dead in america coming from dc uh, as as we speak but um but as we as I've said, like, you know, that series could just go you know, right off the rails. But this, you know, it could like, you know, a like kid its stride, it's like as it as it goes on. I'm hoping maybe it'll go on for more than twelve issues, but we'll see. Next up is a series that you know has been underachieving for a while in my book. But you know, its latest volume basically, you know, showed that hey, you know it's like maybe it can put all the pieces together. Maybe it can just, you know, show you that hey, you can like you know, give you some genuine narrative of momentum, and like it's and give you some like you know direction as far as this characters, characters, and like overall plot plot can go, and that is um Die Dark by Q Hayashida. While it's like you know kind of best described as like Dorohedoro, like Q Hayashida's previous series, in space, it's been like a like a good good showcase for her, for her um like real Relen- Relen- Imagination. It's about you know a uh, an overgrown fourteen year old um, Zaha Sanko and his like adventure and his efforts to like, keep out of the hands of everyone who wants his bones because someone started a rumor that if you get his bones, then um, yeah you'll you'll be able to get have your wishes granted. And um, no one has been more persistent in getting his uh, bones than the Lighthead Order and their leader Big Sparkle. Sparkle. So. Volume 6 basically had um like like Zaha Zaha and his buddy um, um Shimada death um, being transported to um order's like head headquarters and um like fusing order to, be, to become like Shim um Sanko death or was it, was it Zaha death uh, one of those things and um basically like, you know laying waste to them like like in vengeance until you know things went wrong and and um, Zaha's one of Zaha's nemeses from from his elementary school days, no really, um, came up and said, like, yo, I'm gonna get you meats meatball spaghetti. Which, yeah, it's crazy, it's nuts, but all but all the disparate parts of the series like yo know, came together in this volume to give you some to finally give the series some direction, some real momentum. And even if it like you know falls falls on its face in the next volume. It's like I'm very much looking forward to seeing where it goes because like this is a series that says like it's demented, it's weird, it's 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 entertaining in ways that I just wasn't expecting. And yeah, it could all fall apart fall apart, but you know I hope it doesn't. I wanna see where it goes. Yeah, one series that, you know, did bring everything together and then decided, Yep, I'm out. We're done was um I Hate This Place by um Kyle Starks and, um, artist, um, Artem Tomlin. Now, this is, now, this is another series, like, from, from a writer that I like, Kyle Starks, who, 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 like, um, Spurrier has also struggled to, like, have a, uh, series he's done last more than one arc. Well, this series, like, wrapped up with volume two, even though it was, like, his most successful series, you know, to, like, like, to date. But at the same time, though, like, this, it, it still felt, you know, like, like it was meant to be it's like you know maybe um like he was just like you know, decided like okay like, maybe like my most successful series is only going to last 10 issues so let me just like you know make sure it all goes out with a bang and that it does because a series that you know doesn't just involve um like aliens like um ghosts it's like an actual like um living monsters it's like and the lesbian couple that lives on the ranch like that i that um is home to all these things like well, it's like you think that you know, like well, how how are you gonna wrap this up in like you know five issues after you're setting everything up in the previous five issue arc? Well, like uh, it's like Starks and uh, Tomplin actually pull it off. It's like it, like you know, maybe it's like like just to give you the idea, maybe this is like meant to be a ten issue series and a great ten issue um series at, at that. So great that you know after a friend of mine bought me um the first volume thinking that hey you know it's like i thought this is good like you should read it and like oh i've already read it it's like damn it so yeah um assuming that she's got um that she's still holding on to uh that that volume i've got her i got her volume two because yeah you deserve to have the the whole whole story for this series which like i said works out very very well and it's further proof that Star- that starks is a talent talent worth following hopefully now that his um work with uh, marvel and dc specifically on like um the uh, miniseries series *Peacekeeper*, tries hard um will give it like like a, a further like a further boost to his like you know his his fan f- fan following and allow him to do like you know what like his next series his next creator-owned series like you know however long he wants so there you go and moving up to the top five well i just want to say that you know it's really that you know well licensed comics you know like are kind of a dime a dozen these days and while a lot of them are you know like really good a lot better than they were you know back back when i was growing up it's still kind of hard to just you know pick one out and say hey you know what this would make a great you know movie or episode of the tv series or just you know version of the book that it um that 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 it's adapting so that's what um got this number five basically it's like, you know, I think this would be a great episode of Star Trek Lore Dex. Because, you know, like the basically it's all about like the, the USS Cerritos, you know, answer, answering a call about, you know, hey, like a, a planet wants to join the uh, like uh, join the Federation and they've got it's like and, and Captain Freeman has to, you know, like manage the uh, it's like, man, like manage the uh, like the, the like the uh second, second contact that will like hope hopefully i can deal with this only it turns out that oh well this this place turns out to be a lot less advanced than they thought and if that wasn't bad enough well it turns out that um that boimler mariner like and the rest rest of the regular crew have also managed to make um ascension dracula on the uh it's like on the holodeck it this comes to us from from um writer um ryan north and artist chris finoglio and, um, from the, from the writing, which is like, you know, very, like, I'm um, very smart, self-aware and witty and the art, which nails the, uh, look of the series excellently. I, uh, it's like, I really, it's like, I really enjoyed this. Christine enjoyed this as well. Cause we did a po- whole podcast about this and it's like, and it was, it's like, and it's, it was enough to make me go like, wow, this is so great. Why isn't there like an ongoing series of, um, it's like, of like, like, of, of Lower Decks, um, comics from IDW, which, that's my biggest issue there, I mean, and yeah, it's like, um, like, um, North came back to write the, uh, Shaxx's, um, best day, um, one-shot for the, uh, Day of Blood, um, crossover event. Um, but, you know, that's, that's enough. I want more. I want another, like, um, min- series. God damn it, IDW, you gotta give it to me. Please? So there you go, but, also, but I'm going on to like um, number four, and I just put this here because <laughs> you know what, like this is like absurd, it's dumb, it's ridiculous, and by god, it did its like uh, ridiculous, dumb, absurd, um, premise better in volume two than it did in volume one. I'm talking about Shirtless Bear Fighter by um Jody Lehup and um artist Nick, Nick Verndell. it picks up you know like not long after the first volume, after like, you know, shirtless Yeah, that's his name. T shirt first name shirtless, last name Bear Fighter. Has um like like has, you know, like defeated defeated the Bear threat, but you know, not all is right. He's still feeling, you know, vicious and un like and un untamed like, you know, when he fights against these when in this fight against like the like the bear threat. And it's getting him all also trouble with his like with his um this courts and the anti bear fighting bear fighting army, and by God, it's like it's, it's like it, it just the le- it just goes in some, like some weird, strange, crazy directions, and I love love the series for it. I mean, you yeah, we our our um our our collector's just like you know, worked in trilogies, and you and I kind of hope that you know maybe we'll get like a third um bear fighter story at some point. But even though I think that it wrapped up really well here so if they do want to stop stop things here good because you know doing a uh doing a uh like a series like a solid series that's better than the original that shit's hard man it's like you know like often than not you know, just kind of get the get hit with the diminishing returns and just go nah it's like i i don't i don't want to follow this Let's just like you know like end it end it here it's like end and be glad we just got you know what it is but you know it's like i but I like i said like doing something that was like as as intentionally purposely dumb and entertaining as this and making it turn out as good as it did that's great but you know what's even better you know turning out something that's you know as that's you know actually kind of smart and um it's like it's like and well thought out and uh you know it's like and um it's like it has like lots of humor put into it as well, but we'll get back to that in a second. But um, going to number three. Well, we've got Mob Psycho 100 coming to the end of its next major arc as the um evil psychic organization Claw returns to uh, take out take out Tokyo and basically see subjugate like um all of Japan and then the world like with its um like 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 in in like in its uh, like in it's um, some psych- psychic threat. It's like and only a mob can um can stand re- stand against it. Or can he? When um it's revealed that you know that their the claws first th- first target was to take out um Bob's family. What's he gonna do then? This is an arc that you know had me like you know like, surprised and just like you know, wondering where it was gonna go like you know you know from from the start because you know it's like it's. It's like, cause, but also, like, you know, surprise at its, at its heart as well, in the sense that, you know, even though, like, there's a lot of, like, you know, quality, like, you know, psych, ba- psychic battles and psychic action here, it's ultimately really all about, you know, Mob just trying to find a way to, like, you know, understand his, his opponents. Not beat them, but just, you know, try and find a way to reason with them and get them to stop doing, stop, you know, fighting and just, like, causing all the destruction that they are. And that's really kind of impressive. And, even though, like the series acknowledges that you know, like, hey, Mob is gonna have to tr- struggle, you know, to not succumb to like the uh, wild abandon that his powers like allow him to. It's like, it, like it, I, I like the fact that it that it addresses addresses that, and you know, fi- and try and actually like has like a way that you know, and the way he like you know deals with all his all of his opponents like really does does feel earned more than anything else, and that's really kind of impressive. Just you know, the fact that. Hey, you know, you don't have to like beat your opponents in submission. You can actually get them to understand, sympathize with you, and realize the error of their ways, which is something that it's really tough to do these days. And I kind of wish we'd see, like, you know, more of, like, like, like in comics. At least, like, stuff that's done. Is, that kind of thing that's done as well as as um as manga. One um does here. Of course, the under the other end of the spectrum. We got the number two pick, which basically like you know shows you just you know how fun it can be when um it's like when a superhero universe just goes right off the deep end, right into into mad madness, depravity, and on sheer utter hopelessness. I'm talking about um the sins of Sinister, the best Marvel event I've read in a while. And while Kieran Gaulin did good work on um AXE um Judgment Day, um his his real masterstroke here was working with um Al Ewing and Simon Spurrier on this crossover between um Immortal X-Men, X-Men Red and 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 Le- it's like in Legion of X. Like basically this is a uh it's it's a riff on, on the classic um Age of Apocalypse um storyline which back in the 90s saw like all the X-Men titles canceled and replaced for 4 months with um alternate titles that basically showed you what would it that basically asked the question, what would the world be like if Xavier had died and Apocalypse had risen to prominence, like in it's like in it's like it's like in the world. It's like that kind of like that that storyline has basically, you know been like a touchstone for X Men different storylines like ever since. Which them coming coming to do do their riffs on them like every so often. A, most recently in the Age of X Men event that preceded um, the House of X, Powers of X, um, relaunch, like of, like of the line, Sins of Sinister, like basically like asks, you know, what if um, Nathaniel Essex, Mister Sin- Mister Sinister, finally got what he wanted when he finally was like gifted with, you know, people who, like who were like of his own mi- mindset and just you know, saw like humanity as like its own as its very own petri dish in order to. Like to experiment with to their heart's content the answer is it would be a living hell for him because when you um when you basically in like um, unleash the unleash the likes of professor x emma frost hope summers um Ex- exodus and beast from their moral shackles oh god the train doesn't just you know go right off the tracks. It's like it explodes and explodes into ninjas. The ninjas are on fire. The ninjas are like go out and kill everyone. Everyone like as they as they see because they're in pain and blinded by the pain, like from their from the fact they're on fire. It's like and then you know everyone dies and it's bad. And that's basically what we get with the sins of sinister, a world a world that just you know doesn't just go bad but just keeps getting worse with each um, arc of the series, because it basically takes the uh, um, House of X, Powers of X timeline of, um, hey, you know, what happens, like, 10 years out? What happens, 100 years out? What happens, a 1,000 years out? And, my God, uh, shit, shit gets real. she gets weird. Shit gets, like, so fucked up, man. It's like, but in a way that, you know, that, hey, like, if you're going to do, like, a storyline where everything gets gonna be turned back to normal at the end and yeah you gotta go for that fucked upness it's like and i and i really appreciate just you know the effort that um like that that i'm um, that guyland ewing and spurrier um put into telling a good good coherent story like like they dealt, dealt with all this all this stuff and also like and, and also just you know had had impact into the uh it's like into the main um storyline itself because we don't just get like say like the introduction of like um, am rescuing the fourth here, but we also get you know like a uh, mother mother righteous you know do um it's like it's like, you know being able to like you know like ascend, like like ascend to her, like, her own plans it's like in like in the present day and also um Nathaniel Essex sinister himself realizing that oh my God I f- I fucked up it's like you've got to like you. So you've got to stop me like no you're you want to stop me you have to stop one of me like like who have who managed to become a dominion? but it's not me it's like it's 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 great and i kind of wish that you know like more marvel stuff would be um as as crazy as it's like as this it's like i i thoroughly enjoyed this and even though i read it, through it twice on marvel unlimited ahead of the podcast uh, i did also wind up getting it like in print as well because yeah it's just that good but what's better well how about a series that you know also um did better in its second outing to the point where to the point where like you you go like hey you know it's like as i was saying earlier it's like it's hard doing sequels like to do like a a follow-up that was like like better than the first and um you know it doesn't just like you know wrap things up in the way that um shirtless bear fighter did but also Gets you excited for what's going to happen next. When you look at this and go, "Wow, I, yeah, I can kind of see what the creators are going going for, but I don't know what you know where exactly things are going. I, I, got, I I'm excited to know where what they're doing going to do, but I can't like say that you know this is that it's going to be this. Like I, I, I just want to know what's going to happen, what is going to happen in the next volume of the Night Eaters, because. Volume two of the Night Eaters, Her Little Reapers, by uh, Marjorie Lou and um, Sana Takeda, was fan fucking tastic. It was a it was a lot of fun. It's like just just showing um, Billy and Millie, you know, coming into their um, like powers as like you know heir to like de- like, demon- like their demonic heritage, but also their parents just saying, okay, yeah, we know we've told you your demons and your heritage, like so well, figure it out. And figure it out they do in ways that are just, you know, surprising, unexpected, and downright funny. Because, you know, it's like, even though, like, you know, this is a series all about just, you know, the fate of the world with, like, you know, demon- like, like a big, big demonic threat hanging over, like, everything from the very start of the story. It's also, like, very irreverent, very fun. Like, it's a story where, like, where Billy just, you know, like, is, like, is a uh, menace by a guy. Who just like you warns about like you know hey it's like you may like I may I maybe I'll help you or maybe I'll damn you it's like and it's like hey I, you have a name it's like no but you must name me how about Mr. how about Stick Figure Satan okay how about Mister Stick Figure Satan fine yeah I love love that bit it's like and also like a series that as I mentioned in the podcast a series that hinges hinges it's, its one of its big um dramatic moments on its protagonist saying wonder Tings activate yeah it is a cut above definitely and even though it's like this is meant to be a a trilogy of graphic novels like from the creators of of monstrous um i'm gonna be just a little bit sad to learn that this that you know they're wrapping things up with this third one so but you know maybe it's for the best maybe it's like that you know that you know they had this like you know side story to like this big epic they were trying to tell and monstrous you know it was no slouch this year as well i mean like when they uh tried basically like this is their the volume monsters we got this year was also was good even as it you know basically departed wildly from everything that had made the series like you know engrossing from engrossing beforehand it's like i'm like i'm still very much invested in where that series is going but at the same time though i'm just a little bit sad that you know like the uh the the ting family saga may be coming to an end with um, volume three of the night eaters next year. But I'm sure it's gonna I'm um, it's gonna be great. And I'm very much looking forward to seeing what they what they do there. But as good as that was, well I guess it's you know I can't wrap this up in saying that, you know, like there was also like some crap I read this year and just some stuff that just left me dis disappointed as in terms of, like the talent that was in- that invested that was invested in it and, you know, how how things turned out. Kinda like, you know, Berserker um like Keanu Reeves' first um co-written comic with um, Matt Kent and Illustrator Ron Garney, you know, it promised to get really weird in its like second volume, but just ended with, you know, like, oh wait, we've got like, you know, more stuff we wanna tell you, even as it just, you know, like ended in like you know, a uh pre- pretty much like you know, sequel bait um full sequel bait mode there. And while I don't want to say that, you know, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure um golden wind was like you know bad i i'm really kind of disappointed just about how how like i'm um, whiffed the uh the ending considering how everything up to that point you know was generally more or less entertaining but if i'm going to say like you know like what's the worst thing i read last year well i think something that you know took some stuff that you know like i really you know liked and like i i want to want to see more of like you know more like you know credo and like 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 uh, creators taking big swings and also selling stuff to us, like you know, big page count volumes. Like, for like, if you're gonna sell, us, like, you know, something for like 25 bucks, then yeah, sell it to us. Give us like, you know, like more than 250 pages in like in one volume. And that's another thing. Um, like for uh, like for Dark Horse, you know, putting all of like the Magnolia verse, most of the Magnolia verse stuff in hardcovers, fuck that noise, man. If you're gonna like give me something that, like, a four-issue series that is support, that only has one clever idea and doesn't expand on it as much as I would like with, um, on the British Paranormal Society, Time Out of Mind, and, um, and you're gonna sell that to me for 25 bucks? Oh, man, like, go to hell, go straight to hell for that. Like, I'm glad I waited until, like, you know, Amazon was selling that for, like, like, half off. So, but and I still feel ripped off after reading it. But as far as, like, you know, like big page counts big big price tags big big creator own swings i was really disappointed by 20th century men by um denise camp and um and artist um, stepan moran not so much um moran's work because dude has like a lot of versatility someone who can just like you know like like shift shift from like you know like great like um great um superhero ready um ready splash pages to like um singevich um um evo- evoking um expressionism like his his work was just you know really great but but reading a uh a thinly veiled take on the afghanistan war that involved um superheroes russian cyborgs russians in uh like power armor and that didn't actually need any of that stuff. That you could just take that stuff out. It wouldn't have changed the story in any meaningful way. And just kind of felt that just, that was just like, you know, lecturing us about like, hey, war is bad. Colonialism is bad. It's like, unchecked aggressionism. Uh, it's like, it's, it it was telling me a lot of stuff that, that was bad, that was, that I already knew was bad. And just was like regurgitating it to me in ways that I that you know, just that that really felt boring and dull, and made its its exercise length a uh, like a real chore chore to get get through. It's like it was. It's basically it's it's here because I've already put it on my two cell pile. The next time I'm down at um at Book Off, and it's it's like and and um, it's like and it was and it and even an though its name evokes um. Uh, Nawakurosara was um classic on um, twentieth century boys. You should just go read that series in, instead, which is more, which is a great, better, much better series about just you know, like rest, how sometimes like rest of can you know, lead to like um worse things, but also just like you know reads better like um more than once. I could not read on um, twentieth century men more than once because it was just sort of a chore to get through again. And the crazy thing is that you know. Like for a series that you know as polit that was as political and and tried to be as in its ideology as it was, I'm honestly shocked that Denise Camp you know basically like you know wants to go the Marvel route now. I mean, he went and did um the Children of the Vault miniseries as part of the Fa- Fall of X event, and word is that he's going to be doing the new Ultimate series. Uh it's like it's coming out like those the new Ultimate Marvel um like um line line of titles, which okay, I mean that's that's not unheard of for a uh, like for a creator just you know to like take their creator own success and just like go the uh, like marvel or d c route, but it's just wow, it's like you're like you're you you're doing this you did a series about like you know it's the Russian perspective, like like in all this and just now you're going like for like one of the most American of comic franchises okay, fine well. We'll see how that goes. I hope it works out for you and the rest, rest of us. I mean, Paul O'Brien seemed to like uh, Children of the Vault, but I, I, I really can't. Don't like I can be. I can be bothered at this. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll read, 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 read and review the series after they've, of all the issues have arrived on Marvel Unlimited. But man, I just can't believe it. But at the same time, though, you know, there's still hope. You know, for for the rest, rest of this year. I mean, there's still. Lots well, of I'm looking forward to reading, like a couple of series that I was hoping that would be finished finishing this year. Um, Golden Kamui and um, like Hage-sama, they're actually set to finish this this year. As is um, Delicious, Delicious in Dungeon, which got, which wrapped up its Japanese run, but is we will have some um, final American volumes um published um this year, and would almost certainly have taken the uh, top spot. It's like if they had. It's like if I had just you know been counting on the uh, Japanese release. It's like but and then there's also the uh, at the end of the uh Krakoan era, like in like at like at Marvel, with um Jerry Dugan handling um Fall of the House of X and Kieran Guyland doing Rise of the Powers of X. And I'm very much looking forward to seeing how they like how they wrap 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 things up because the Krakoan era has been like one of the, like the most fruitful and entertaining runs of X titles in a good long while hand I'm honestly kinda like, you know, at a loss is thinking like, you know, who could they like who could they get to uh um follow this up with follow this up and also how could they uh you know find a uh like a set of creators that are that I that are like you know as exciting as it's like as Gylan was and you know for that matter Hickman who started things off to like you know get me like you know compel me to keep on um, reading X Men comics after this. I mean I'm sure I will but there you go, but also, you know, there's like other, other new stuff like the Energon un universe, like Kirkman's um like reimagining of, like of the Transformers and and GI Joe mythos, um which I'll definitely be reading the uh like Transformers uh, comic because hey, Daniel Warren Johnson, he's I'll read anything he does, and also um Void Rivals just Kirkman's like you know attempt to just you know hey do something that's part of the universe but not like you know specifically tied to like Transformers or G.I. Joe so definitely definitely invested in that there's yeah so there's plenty of stuff to, like you know keep um you know keep following and find and seeing what's what's new in comics I mean like oh there's always plenty of stuff to talk about but hopefully I hope next year is that you know coming up with this like a uh, top 10 list will be. A little easier than it was this year you know if if nothing else yeah
0: 2024
1: since it's here
0: mm-hmm. it's sort of a you know we're already in february so we've got the whole year but don't worry christmas will be here in no time don't worry. yeah 11 whole months now 11 whole months. Yep. It's almost there. We're almost to summer (laughs) Almost (laughs) fall. You might as well just say it that way, but yeah, I am looking forward to also uh, chiming in on the void rivals stuff and all of the, uh, at least the transformers ones, as far as they'll take me, I assume that it's going to be some good stuff. The other, the previous series before it that was done by ADW had a very uh, strong uh, fan base. Um, and um, supposedly the stories are really good. I haven't read them though, but um, you know, um, I'm really looking forward to this set, and i'm I'm invested in 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 uh in reading those stories as well. so we'll see how that rolls.
1: oh yeah, so I look forward to hearing your thoughts on that. It's like, and I'm definitely looking forward to talking about Golden Kamuy next time because we're done all thirty one volumes are out. And I am six volumes deep as of this recording into rereading all 31. So that's that's what you got to look forward to for next time. Awesome.
0: All right. Well, then, with that, we'll catch you next time on Comic Picks by the Glick.
1: All right. Later, everyone. Bye.